When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From Learfield in the south end zone of Kyle Field, this is Studio 12. And the fight in Texas Aggies take down the top-ranked Tide. Just tomahawked it home. Olsen magic does it. Live on in the ready and nighting of the rivalry. 15 strikeouts. What a performance. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, this is Studio 12. Well, we are here in the south end zone of Kyle Field, but the center of attention on the Texas A&M campus is across Wellborn Road over on the west campus inside Reed Arena tonight where at 7.30, that's the tip time between the Texas A&M Aggies and the Kentucky Wildcats on the basketball floor, a key SEC matchup. And we will discuss it at length on this edition of Studio 12. Good to have you with us. I'm Will Johnson with Andrew Monaco. Andrew, Andrew will have the call with Dr. John Thornton across the radio network tonight. 7 p.m. pregame show, 7.30 tip. you got to be looking forward to this one if you're an Aggie. 15-2 and two overall, A&M. 4-0 in the SEC. Only A&M and Auburn are undefeated in the SEC. But here comes Kentucky, 14-3 and three overall. Four and one in the SEC. I think I'm understating it a tad by saying this is a big one. It is a at big Reed one. tonight. It, 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 you, <laughs> you always get tested throughout a conference, and they've been tested four times, and they've passed. Uh, now the test. This is this is one of those. Uh, uh, during the semester, th- this one counts a little more, right? <laughs> but you know, it's funny. The great part was walking into Reed talking to Andre Gordon, talking to Boots Radford, and the T-shirts were on the seats. So you know, okay, it's a little bit different, and it's all that anticipation. And talking with them, you know, you can't make it more than it is because it is just one, but it, but it is an opportunity to see where this team is after 17 games and four in the conference and fighting a little adversity. But the matchup is elevated because I'll use the buzz phrase <laughs> – 
Kentucky's got a lot of real dudes. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and it's a different you challenge mean that for Oscar Sheboy. Yeah, yeah, like him, like That's Savio a real dude, Wheeler, like Ty Ty yeah. Washington. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And look, they the 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 point differential is in the twenties. The rebounding differential is the is the best in the conference. It it they seem to do everything well, and the Aggies will need to do everything well. And you, you just get fired up for something like this because, Will, as you know, A&M Kentucky basketball, there have been some special games Ooh. in the past. Like the, A&M always elevates when they play Kentucky. The Tyler Davis put back to win it. Yep. Uh, Elston Turner hung 40 on 40. the Cats at Rupp Arena. That was the first year Yeah, we went there as an SEC mm-hmm. member. Yes, and nearly absolutely. swept that year. Yeah. So some great games. Yeah. Yeah. It's an excellent game uh, in the SEC tournament. Yes. In Nashville Mm -hmm. a few years back. Yeah. Two really good teams. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it is important. But I like what you said. Look, it's a showcase game. It's a chance to showcase your program. It's a chance to showcase Reed Arena tonight. You Mm -hmm. mentioned the shirts are already there. If you've seen images of Reed Arena right here early afternoon leading up to the game. It looks great with those shirts ready to go. It does. So it'll be rocking. It'll be a chance to showcase Texas A&M basketball. Now, as far as the result, you win it, you really propel yourself. But like you said, if it's not a win tonight, okay, you're still 15-3 and three overall and you're 4-1 and one in the SEC. It doesn't diminish what you're playing for down the road. Correct. So, yeah, you do have to realize, whatever the result tonight, long way to go. Win tonight, celebrate it tonight. Lose tonight, think about it tonight. Wake up tomorrow and realize you still got to prepare for Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot, yeah, to pl- plan and prepare for even after tonight. I mean, I think because Buzz keeps talking about two games a week, so the first two weeks of the SEC season are now in the rearview mirror. Prepare for what's ahead. Doctor Thornton and I talk about this a lot. It's one thing to bounce back from losses. How do you react after you win, and how do you prepare after you win? That's what's been impressive for this A&M team. Eight wins in a row. You know, an interesting stat, undefeated at home and undefeated on the road. Their two losses are neutral. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure that one, right? That's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing is, look, Kentucky, I'm going to use the analogy. Kentucky in basketball is Alabama in football, right? It's everybody's big game is Kentucky. And I give John Calipari and his teams a ton of credit because every single game they go out. For this A&M team, it is I, – and I asked both Dre and Boots about this. All the work that this team has done embracing the 12th man this year, sawing it off with the Reed Rowdies or being there in, in the crowd appreciating uh, tacos during ticket pull – Donuts during ticket pull, midnight yell. The 12th man has seen this team embrace. Now they're about to embrace them back. That's what, that's what this team is so excited about, what they are building. Yes, it's a test. I, you know, I hate to say it's just one of 18 in the conference. And, and one, one thing it is, and I think the other part, Will, is, is this A&M team for real? I think nationally, is this A&M? A lot of people mad, okay, they're not ranked. That's fine. That's fine. Just just do what you do. And to your point, if they win, then it's, you know, some heads will be turned. And if they don't, it's going to be, yeah, A&M was a fraud anyway. I, I, again, everything's got to play out. I just – I really like the position they are in after 17 games and the way they have played. Have they been flawless in the 15 wins? Absolutely not. 
<laughs> but but I think that's I think that's part of the identity is I think the way that they have faced adversity and done it together as opposed to the the finger pointing or they say hey defense has to be better. I just the the test is they're not a great rebounding team. They're going to have to rebound really well tonight. They're going to have to force turnovers and get out and run. They cannot allow Kentucky second chance points. They can't give the ball to them in the open floor. They've got to get to the bonus early if they can. It's that concerted effort. In the back of my mind, Kentucky has three losses. So what have they done in the 14 wins? We know they can put up 107 points like they did against Tennessee and do that in 40 minutes. But this is also a school that's lost to Notre Dame that Texas A&M beats. So where do the Aggies get the advantage? And I think because they play out of their defense, I think that that can be an advantage for Texas A&M. And I thought that was a way they could or the way they did get back in that Missouri game. We finally saw in that second half that 7-0 run by A&M that cut into the lead and they did it on the defensive end. And, you know, when they force turnovers, they make other teams pay. Well, speaking of that Missouri game, uh, a little later on, you're going to hear from Buzz <laughs> reference that Missouri game and a potential, I guess, member of his staff that, that, uh, yeah. who wants to give it a shot <laughs> at home. But uh, <laughs> that is coming up uh, on this edition of Studio 12. Also later in the show, we'll have Sam Bennett from Texas A&M Men's Golf. Sam right now is the number one ranked golfer in the PGA Tour University Global Rankings. I mean, he is... I don't know. He's just crushing it right now. There's nothing better <laughs> and, and, than one, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. The Aggie men's golf team will start their season January 31st. Now, Sam, he's got some PGA Tour events coming up because of what he's qualified for uh, because part of it is that number one ranking in the world as far as the uh, PGA Tour University Globals. So he has been terrific. We're going to have him on the show later to discuss what he has coming up and a little bit of Aggie men's golf. You're going to hear from Buzz Williams in our next segment from his radio show out at Rudy's on Monday with Andrew. A little bit of talk about that last game against Missouri in the last seconds of it. <laughs> but uh, Buzz and the Aggies take it to Reed Arena tonight. A&M 4-0 in SEC play against Kentucky 4-1 and in SEC play. And you look at a little bit of the tail of the tape, Andrew, in Kentucky, they lead the SEC in scoring, 84 points per game. And you mentioned the Aggie defense. Well, the Aggies are second in the SEC in scoring defense. So it's a Kentucky team that scores. It's an Aggie defense that holds people down. But then you also look at Kentucky. They're right behind the Aggies in scoring defense yeah. in the SEC. They're third yeah. in the conference. So they can lock you down pretty well, too. Yeah, and and, and I think it's, it's because um, – it's funny. I was talking with Tom Leach, uh, the voice of the Wildcats, and I, he was asking me about the team, and I was saying you know, a couple of things, and then the one more mentality, that extra pass mentality, and they're very similar. The, both, both schools are very similar with that mentality. He said it's something that, that um, John Calipari was saying early in the season that he hasn't had to say now because it's ingrained in them. And when you have all, all five of your starters scoring in double figures and – one of your bench guys being able to do that as well. That's where they get you. They can score, whether it's Kellen Grady in the corner, whether it's Ty Ty Washington dishing out 17 assists, Xavier Wheeler, who's back after the, the neck injury that he has running the show, third in the nation in assists. But if they miss, there's Shibway with the rebounds. 15 a game and over five offensive rebounds. It's got to be one and done. That's what Kentucky does so well. It's one and done because they get the defensive rebounds, 
And when you only get the one shot, that's it. You know what I mean? And then and then you've got to go back and play defense. That's why those those numbers are down. But I want to say their rebounding differential is a plus 14. It's like 42 to 28 on average over the course of, of, of the season. And it's, again, the John Thornton says this all the time. You be you. That's all the Aggies can do. They've got to be themselves. And for them, it's share the basketball. It's Marcus Williams run the show or Wade Taylor. Be the best point guard that you are. Hassan Diara with the grit. Andre Gordon hit the shot in the paint. Tyrese Radford, same thing. Get in the paint, get to the rim. 17 guard rebounds against Missouri is right about where Buzz would like that to be. Might have to be a, a little better, but the, they're going to have to rebound. And then Henry Coleman be Henry Coleman. Yeah. In this game, he's been fantastic uh, in in the conference. I I I have loved Boots Radford, will only because you bring in that experience as a veteran, if you will. I know it's not in the SEC, but it's in the ACC, so he knows the competition is like that. But Dre said this because I was asking him about it. He said it's just that maturity. Shot clock running down. Boots has the ball. No panic. It's really nice to see, and I think that is a calming influence. And Dre said it's just that maturity that he brings. Um, And, again, Marcus Williams, I think, was fantastic down the stretch, not only getting to the rim, but penetrating and finding Coleman or Aaron Cash or or somebody. That's what's really nice to see is there has that these guys have taken it to another level. And I like the Aggies depth in this. That first five didn't do anything against Missouri. Buzz brought in the white team. the maroon team didn't do anything. Here comes white. You can always do that and they play very well off one another. First team sits, take a look, get get back out there and and roll and I I do like the depth for them. Uh and I think, you know, it's it's a way to almost come in waves of what they do defensively uh, with that diamond uh, that they that they run uh, after, and that's the key. It's got to be after made baskets. That's what happened in Missouri. They were able to unleash that defense after made baskets. It's really hard after misses, but then they started making those. They kind of slowed that game down, and Missouri could not figure it out quickly enough and allowed the Aggies to come back. Mm-hmm. That depth, I think the Aggies have 10 guys that average more than 10 minutes a game. Yeah. Most people aren't going to do that. Most no. teams aren't going to do that. No, when it comes to double figures in minutes, you're looking at three off the bench at most, mm-hmm. you know, for the for the yeah. for the most part. Yeah, and they're they're dependable. It's not just putting guys in to chew up minutes. As Buzz says in the first half, we've got to be good for all 100 minutes. The the five guys or or the the 20 minutes mm-hmm. for each five players. Same thing in the in the second half in those 100. You've got to have the quality 200 minutes. This isn't like baseball, an innings eater, you know, a, a pitcher. <laughs> yeah. just, you know what I mean? You it, it's got to be impactful. And I think all those guys who come in and play on the floor have that impact. All right, it's Texas A&M and Kentucky tonight. The Aggies 15 and two overall, four and zero in the SEC. Kentucky 14 and three overall, four and one in the SEC. Tip time is 7.30 from Reed Arena. We will continue to discuss this matchup on the other side of the break, and you will hear from head coach Buzz Williams as well. That's next right here on The Zone. Tonight, Reed Arena, 7.30 tip time, Texas A&M and Kentucky on the basketball floor. 7 o'clock is the Dos Equis pregame show with Andrew Monaco and Dr. John Thornton. They'll have the call for you across the Radio Network, uh, the Aggies 4-0 in SEC play, Kentucky 4-1 in conference. It is a big one on the hardwood at Reed tonight.
College Station just got a whole lot more comfortable Aggies. Mizzen and Maine is known for making the world's best performance fabric dress shirt. But now they've got something comfortable for every hanger in your closet. Shop their workday and weekend clothing that includes pants, polos, and pullovers at mizzenandmaine.com. So we're going to play a little buzz for you here in just a second. This is from the radio show on Monday night. And uh, he'll talk about that last game against Missouri, an interesting part of it, late. Uh, he'll discuss, I guess there's a member of the family at home. I don't know if they're they're trying to promote their way to a, a spot on the coaching staff. Uh, yeah. It sure sounds like it. It sure does. <laughs> yeah. So it all emanated, Will, from saying that the one of the previous times in Missouri, Aggies had a lead, Missouri looking to tie. Last play was a length of the floor, I say three-quarter court pass, tapped to a teammate. Missouri gets a decent look, missed the shot. Aggies went on the road. This year, three-point lead, 3.8 left, and I was interested to see that there was no one on the inbounder, keeping five back, and Dr. John Thornton's thought is always, and you always hear this in basketball, on the inbound, you it, as a defense – you want the guy taking the inbound to run away from his basket and come back to the ball because now he's got to make up all that ground. So that's where it started. <laughs> and then where Buzz takes it <laughs> became one of my favorite segments Buzz on Monday. Buzz takes it where Buzz goes. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get it uh, to you right now, Andrew, with Buzz from the radio show out at Rudy's on Monday night. Here is your head basketball coach. Yeah, long story. My wife disagrees. You know, she's the head coach at Texas A&M in paycheck at the house and of the team. It's, it's a unique position. She shows up for the game, but has never done a radio show. She's never done post-game radio. She's never interviewed with the print media. She's never done a home visit at the recruit's home. She surmises and devises her plan on if Texas A&M wants the recruit while on a brief encounter on an official visit at a tailgate. It's, a, it's an unbelievable job. I, 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 the longer I've seen it, I don't know, like, how she created the job description. But because I've had an up-close look, like, I'm very appreciative of the salary that comes relative to the number of hours involved and how opinionated you can become. And, and, and you do not have to be coachable in that position. Like, there are never been to a staff meeting, don't need to participate in the staff meeting, already knows what should be said. And there's no uh, back-and-forth conversation. She's texting me before the plane leaves, Columbia. We need to talk about having somebody on the ball. I disagree. N not congratulations, you won on the road. Man, how hard your guys fought. I, my, she, she says, my guys. My guys fought. I don't know that I've ever said uh, profanity publicly. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and, and I'm thinking, 
I'm thinking, and this is too strategical, I'm thinking we want them to run closer to our rim, not towards their rim to catch the ball. And I showed it to our team this morning, all of it, because I didn't think we were perfect. But I think they were drawing up a man play with 3.8 seconds. Mm -hmm. We were not in man. You could see the confusion prior to the ball being in play, and I showed it to our team today. And our premise, we still forced them to catch it closer to our rim. And what they were planning to do, a ball in the air crossing half court, they didn't. It was two dribbles before they crossed half court. We could have stayed with the ball and contested the shot, Marcus and Boots, better. I thought it was a good decision. And one, one thing that Corey misses in the staff meetings that she doesn't attend, every other day TJ has special situations from across the country. And when we meet, all of the coaches except Corey, when we meet, I assign half of them to coach Team X and the other half, including me, to coach Team Y. You're coaching this team. You're co- you guys are coaching this team. And now we just play the scenarios out, offense, defense. And then as it's unfolding, TJ will stop it, and we'll just begin to have dialogue. One of the questions um, uh, at the end of Missouri was um, it was four point something seconds. Uh, should we foul if we're up three? Those are conversations that we have every other day. Uh, we don't do it on game day. And we had already, the decision that we made in the Missouri game in that scenario, we made a month ago from watching special situations on this is what we're going to do. And then not to, not to say we're right, because Corey says we're wrong, <laughs> but against Georgia, their plan defensively allowed our plan offensively to have a chance to work. Our plan against Missouri, in my opinion, at least negated their plan. It didn't mean that they wouldn't get a shot or make the shot, but it, it made them go to plan B, which I don't know that was necessarily discussed coming out of the huddle, if that makes sense. It does, because that was their last time out. So th- this will happen again, and we'll have to make a decision now on how we're going to handle it, and that includes the repercussions of this segment on your show when I get home. It's babe, that was pretty good. It was fantastic. So, you know, great stuff there. Uh, and, and Corey and, was a heck of a player. Now. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. and, and she was a heck of a player. The thing is when you're, was his wife. I mean, in some ways, you have a spot on the staff. Yeah. You have his ear. So. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. It's so funny because I'm getting texts during that segment, and of course, I had to show Corey afterwards. You know, it's like, give Corey a headset. <laughs> First of all, it's like, is Corey there? Yes. 
She's rolling her eyes. That was my first. She's song. agreeing. Then I realized, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. She's there. Yeah. And then, then she had come up, but it was just you know, and it's funny during the stretch. He says, you know, my show, and then always in my mind, Will, it's like, no, it does not have my name on that show. <laughs> that is all yours, Buzz. That is all your show. But I just, you know, he he just has a knack, Will. Of it's to me, it's just one more example of why his guys play for him. And why he brings in, as he says, the OKG, right? Our kind of guy. When you buy in, he's going to be hard on you at times. He's going to bring, but he's going to bring out the best in you. And it, it's not always overnight. It's going to be, you know, it, it sometimes it takes a little time. But he always has their back. If nothing else, you know that he empties the tank for his team every single game. But he is there for them. To me, this is just, a, a, you know, an example of you do all this work for 39 minutes and 56 seconds for four more seconds. This defense, you get to walk off with the win. And, and you know, he, he always – he always thanks, obviously, the players. He's always he's grateful for the staff that he has put together. And I think when you look at the success of this team, it is staff and players. Buzz kind of deflects um, because it's that trust, and I think that's a big word. It's that trust that he has, that the players are going to be prepared. He's going to have to trust in his assistant coaches uh, because they are. They're, they're all on that same page. And love seeing the success that they have and – you know, would absolutely love to see that success continue tonight. All right, A&M in Kentucky, 7.30 tip time, Reed Arena. When we come back, you'll hear from Sam Bennett, Aggie men's golfer, who is number one in the PGA Tour University Global Rankings. The Aggie men are about to get their season started. Sam has got some PGA Tour events coming up. He's about to get that started. So we, myself and Andrew Monaco, sit down with Sam Bennett right here in the studio when we come back on The Zone. We welcome you back into the south end zone of Kyle Field. Will Johnson, Andrew Monaco with you, and we're going to turn our attention to Texas A&M golf. Their season starts on January 31st out in Florida, the Aggie men's team. That's where they'll be uh, to get the season underway. And we have with us right now, the number one ranked golfer in the PGA Tour University Global Rankings, and that is Sam Bennett of our Texas A&M men's team, a Madisonville native and a guy that as we go along in this interview, you're going to find out if you haven't already who has been playing some pretty good golf <laughs> as of recent. Kind of uh, gave it away there when you're the number one uh, golfer in the PGA Tour <laughs> University Global Rankings. But, uh, Sam, it, it's great to get the, the season started as far as the spring. I know you guys play in the fall, but uh, the spring, uh, good to get it started. Good to have you with us. Thanks for taking the time. Happy to be here. All right. So uh, when I say that the Aggie men's golf will get it started January 31st, they're out in the Seabest Invitational in Florida. Uh, you'll kind of have your own thing going uh, for a little bit. Uh, one of the reasons is because you won the Cabo Collegiate last year, and again, that that ranking with the PGA Tour University Globals that I just mentioned. Uh, through February and maybe on into March, you're going to kind of have your own schedule, and if we could start, kind of explain where you will be and what you have going up here, uh, going on uh through about the next month and a half. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the team leaves uh, for their first tournament and go to Ponte Vedra Beach. I'm kind of sad I'm not going. I mean, I love playing for A&M, and I love my teammates. But, uh, you know, uh, 
they got some good guys to you know fill my fill my spot in there so they'll they'll be just fine but uh during the first tournament i'll be in dubai playing in the dubai desert classic uh that's going to be neat i mean growing up in madisonville playing at a nine hole course i never really imagined going over to the middle east to play in a you know big time golf tournament on the european tour so that's going to be really cool and then uh when I get back, our team heads to Hawaii for a second term of the year. And so uh, that's a pretty good little a little three-week span right there. And then uh, after that, uh, I head to Orlando to play in the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is, I mean, I'd say the sixth biggest tournament on the PGA Tour. So I'm excited for what's upcoming. Yeah, as you should be. Yeah. Yeah, wait, wait, wait First of all, the destinations. Yeah, no, yeah, wait. Yeah. Wait. What do we get? Columbia, Missouri. Tupelo. In, you in the snow. Right. Baton Rouge. Well, you just recently got in the snow. He's, yeah, Baton he's, Rouge. He's got Dubai. Yeah. Not going to Ponte Vedra. Hawaii combo. Yeah. I've always said gear, I want to travel he's with wearing. our golf team. And the gear he's wearing. I either want to travel with our golf teams or caddy for Sam, which I would be of no hey, help to hey, either. No, no, no. There, there's three things for caddies, right? Show up, keep up, shut up. Yeah. That's yeah. all you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it. Well, Sam mentioned one as, course there that I'd be okay on, the nine hole in Madisonville. Yeah. As long as you as long as you could uh you could be my caddy if you wouldn't forget my clubs. Back in the summer my caddy forgot my clubs at one tournament. <laughs> no. And I had to Did you I, borrow? I had to borrow clubs from uh the pro the head pro at the golf course in Chicago <laughs> and I I shot eighty. <laughs> I can guarantee you, I'll remember the clubs. Yeah. I'll hang on to them with my life. There'll be there will be stuff in that golf bag though that may or may not be legal. And I'm talking about Will's going to put the stuff that he usually drinks after a round. You can find in there. Yeah, <laughs> caddy that goes do, by different rules. Do, do you? And I know you get so caught up when you're on the course. Maybe while you're there, do you get caught up and say just what you were saying? I grew up in Madisonville playing on the course that I played in and I'm here now. Does that do you do you take an opportunity to appreciate where you are at times? Yeah, I do. I do do that. You know, that that is crazy. I think about that a lot. Uh growing up from that non hole course to, you know, being this small kid and this at this big university, you know, trying to make a name for myself. It's pretty cool than everything I've been through with, you know, dad and some, you know, mental health stuff and just just sit back and just you know, appreciate that this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I want to be doing right now, and this is where I belong. I do think about that a lot. Did that help shape you as a golfer on uh, that course? Yeah, for sure. You know, now my uh, I'd say what separates me from you know the best from the other people is you know my mental my mental game. I mean, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm I'm confident, uh, and I want to win and. You know, that's just from, you know, some of the stuff I've been through growing up, you know, doing this, playing different sports, just kind of everything I've been through, I think, helped me get where I got today. You mentioned uh, yeah, the mental game. I mean, that is so golf. I mean, shaking off a bad shot. Uh, yeah. Might miss a putt here or there. You, by now, you've got the swing. You've got the distance. I mean, either you're tough mentally and you got a chance to win, or you're not, and you've got no chance. Yeah. And is that golf today, whether you're in a collegiate tournament or in these PGA events that you're now a part of? Yeah, it's all it's all between the ears. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> How about playing for Team USA? 
Palmer Cup. How was that? That was awesome. That was incredible. That was a probably the best experience of uh, my life. And you know, my dad passed uh, like three days before I was heading off to that, and I wasn't going to play originally, but all my family told me that like, look, like he would want you to go play because we were trying to schedule visitations, funerals, all that. And so I went over there, and it was, I mean, it was a blast. I got to you know hang out with all the guys. The guys were great. And, um, you know, it was cool representing USA. I mean, it was wearing the red, white, and blue and playing on that big stage was a, a really cool experience. And, um, you know, I was thankful for my teammates to, you know, we had a voting system who who got the award to play in the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And I'm thankful enough that they voted me mm-hmm. to play in that because that's going to be a really cool experience. Bay Hill's a great course. You played uh... – the Valero Open there in San Antonio, and it's fun to watch you play because you're in places that I've never been, like the fairway. <laughs> <laughs> things, things like that. When, for you as a golfer, to represent not just the country, but when it is Arnold Palmer and all that he has meant to golf, even after all these years, to me, um, I've always felt without Arnold Palmer, the tour and all of golf isn't. He just brought the normal fan in you know just that impact same thing do you do you feel that like do you feel the tradition not just Arnold but all those guys your part you're just you're just taking over as well I'm I'm next and there's going to be someone who says man I'm a Sam Bennett fan some young some yeah, young, you know what I mean yeah maybe mm-hmm. I mean I get some uh you know we host like Aggie Aggie golf camp here and I'll I'll work the camp and the kids will you know get my snapchat or into they'll dm me on instagram or try to play like me in video games and they'll like still message me on twitter and actually it was kind of funny this one golfer uh this morning it was it was a i don't know whose account it was but it was the thing was tag the post was tag your favorite golfer and see if they reply and everybody was tagging the like tiger woods justin thomas jordan spieth and michael garza this like 12 year old he uh, commented me, and so I liked it and replied this morning after workout, so <laughs> maybe. But uh, I don't think I can Ar- – Arnie's legacy is pretty good. I don't think I can more quite top that. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool, though. What an effect – you know, you're yeah. already affecting younger golfers or even any just younger fans. Yeah, you know, the story. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I mean, I, and then the other, other day uh, I played nine holes uh, – with this one kid so my fourth grade teacher miss miss Demon, she, she teaches over here in Bryan now and she has a little uh i think he's i believe he's 10 and he just got into golf like two years ago and he told his dad look i want to play with sam bennett and to come to know it my fourth grade teacher is his fourth grade teacher so <laughs> it was last friday we went out and played nine holes and it was pretty cool That's i like i like doing stuff like that that is great sam yeah Sam Bennett is with us, Texas A&M men's golfer. He is also the number one ranked golfer in the PGA Tour at University Global Rankings. Uh, the Aggies, uh, the men, get their season started January 31st at the Seabest Invitational out in Florida. Sam coming up will be in the Dubai Desert Classic on the PGA European Tour. Also has the honor of Arnold Palmer Invitational coming up uh, as well. And then as far as goals this season as we roll into the spring, like I said, you've got some of your own events professionally on those pro tours. Uh, You're going to be with the Aggies as the spring rolls on. Sam Bennett goals, Aggie team goals. What have you guys kind of spelled out for yourselves? Yeah, I mean, Sam Bennett goals is, I mean, now every every time I tee it up, I mean, I want to win. I mean, that's if I don't win, it's I'm not doing something right. And, uh, 
for a team, I mean, we're we're sneaky good this year. I mean, I think in one poll we're we're eighth, and one poll we're fourth going into the spring. And um, you know, I've said it multiple times, and and, and Coach Cortana said it, and uh. You know, a lot of times we get overlooked kind of in the golf world. You know, you got these other schools like Texas and Florida, Florida State, Oklahoma State, all these, you know, programs have these on paper. They're, you know, they're they're good when you look at rankings and who their names are. And we don't have any big names or not just, you know, too high up there. But, uh, you know, we all of us like to we like to compete and uh you know we're ready for whatever's thrown at us, but uh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I won't. I got, I got this year, and I'm pretty sure another year left in school. So, and I, I really want a conference ring bad, and so uh, hopefully we can get the job done in Sea Island this year. Uh, even though it's a ways away, but we got to get a little bit better before then. But uh, yeah, we're excited. But uh, we host regionals as well this year mm-hmm. here at Tradition. Right. So, uh, you know, last year we we didn't play played our best at regionals and missed out missed out on getting to nationals but uh this year it should be a different story playing at our home track yeah well i love that stretch uh that always gets going with april and this year on april 9th and 10th is when you guys will host the aggie uh, yeah. out in traditions the, the aggie invitational always a great tournament yeah the only thing yeah. bad only thing bad about those dates is it's always during the Masters. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, right. my goodness, it is. That's always. right. Uh, Sunday of the Masters That's is the yeah. 11th this year, right? Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. I didn't think about that. you gotta love. Yeah. You got to love well, a scouting. Well, get, get to the Ag Invitational. And, you can. You guys don't play on Sunday. And, and JT. You can catch the final round of the Masters. Our, so. our, our old coach, uh, Coach Higgins, used to schedule it there, too, I think, because uh, it's during a week at Chili Fest. I don't think you want us going there. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart you gotta keep you guys out of snook yeah. you gotta love a scouting report that says sneaky good oh don't yeah. you yeah i think that's a little fantastic. under the radar yeah that's good but, so, but when you get to that stretch in april you know it's the aggie then you mentioned it's the sec championships right after after the sec championships you're back home you're hosting regionals and then it's scottsdale again for the ncaa championships this year but before we started i wanted to ask you real quick you mentioned uh, sea island georgia maybe one of your favorite courses just a great place for those sec championships yeah it's me it's my favorite course ever, ever. i mean uh you got to hit shots out there you can't be one-dimensional i mean you got to be able to draw it hit it low control control your flight because I mean the greens are firm you got to really control that first bounce and uh that's actually kind of what changed my game a little bit uh I went in there uh freshman freshman year and um Corton was like I mean the greens were firm and he was like that's when I learned I needed to hit the ball a little higher and so I was able to I used to hit everything just play it back in my stance and hit down on it and just drive it in the ground but then I that was because I grew up on playing off dirt basically <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, I was able to learn how to get the ball in the air a little better. But Sea Island is my favorite place. I mean, the grass is just pure. I mean, there's not a bad spot on it. And uh, it's just in a cool setting. It's kind of in the marshland, you know. And I don't know, it's just a it's a great test. And, I mean, the, it's the it's my favorite golf course I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Sam, was that part of the stuff that changed for you last year? You really – it seemed like it was breakout, learning more about yourself – how to hit the ball, how to manage yourself on the course? Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, a little bit, I'd say, just how to manage myself and hitting different shots and this. But uh, I'd say really what just broke through was my putting. Uh, I got a new putter. Uh, you know, I used to use a blade, and they look so good. But I just <laughs> – my stroke's not good enough to putt with one, so I need something a little bigger. <laughs> well, I got this two-ball putter. 
I think it's the two ball is like the boat like it's the most used putter on the LPGA mm-hmm. tour. Like every lady golfer putts for the two ball pretty much. But uh, you know, I just I mean at this level that we play at, really, I mean everybody hits the hits the ball good. I mean it's just come whoever whoever puts the best is going to win. So I think that's kind of what changed really for last semester for me. Mm-hmm. Sam Bennett, all the best to you coming up. Thank Thanks you. for taking the time. For sure. That door's always open, by the way. When you're in town, that's always open. You're always welcome with us here. Sweet. Y'all are awesome. Well, <laughs> as long as we get a, a couple spots in your in your foursome out of traditions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we were I, wondering how long would it take him to get frustrated with us <laughs> on the course. He'd it just was, leave us. Yeah. <laughs> you would probably have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're birdie in the first two holes, and we're – looking for balls every yeah. shot <laughs> yeah. but uh sam you got you've got dubai coming up you got the arnold palmer invitational coming up you have the aggie men's golf season coming up good luck in all of it again thank thanks y'all. for the time thank you all right that's sam bennett number one ranked golfer in the pga tour university global rankings right here on studio 12 we're back in a bit to close out this show on the zone Just about time to close out this Wednesday edition of Studio 12 in the south end zone of Kyle Field. As we told you when we started, the center of attention on the A&M campus tonight is across Wellborn Road on the west campus, Reed Arena, 7.30 tip time, A&M and Kentucky. Our thanks to Sam Bennett for joining us. Uh, Great to hear from him. Uh, Good luck to him as he gets his season started and the Aggie men get their season started. Uh, Just a fantastic player and where he's come from, what he's overcome to to get to where he is now. We like to repeat it because it's so phenomenal, the number one golfer in the PGA Tour University Global Rankings. And uh, he, he's ready for a heck of a season. So are the Aggie men as a team. Yeah, I, I love the way you talked with him about the mental aspect of the game. And it's such a huge part. And he just really seems prepared for what can be a real big year for him. Mm-hmm. Proud of the accomplishments in the past and what they're able to do for him and the and the opportunities uh, for this year and all throughout. Uh, also, that big smile when he talks about his teammates and what he'd like to do for you know for Texas A and M and Texas A and M golf. But it's funny, isn't it? Um, collegiate golf, it is very individual and very team. Yeah. Right. PGA mm-hmm. Tour, it's not that way at all. No, Unless you lose that right. team. Yes, you you lose those other four yes, that play with you in those tournaments. Yeah, so, so. It's, it's really special. But absolutely wishing him the best and so glad that he came by. It's wonderful to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Sam. Uh, about time to close it out. We've got a couple of minutes left. So a final thought from you, Andrew, on tonight's matchup, the big one in the SEC, the Aggies and the Wildcats at Reed Arena. Try not to get too caught up in the atmosphere. Enjoy it. I like what mm-hmm. Boots said. Hey, we want to give him a show now. Yeah, yeah. That's but, part of tonight. Yes, it yeah. is. Yes, it is. And and there is that appreciation. But don't – again, you be you. Do do what you do. And if it is you – know, look, this team, uh, as we say, they will turn you over. But when they turn you over, Will, it's not because they gamble. Their defense is very much – predicated all five on a string but they do they're so good when it comes to steals 11 per game the steals can open that floor when they play in the broken floor usually that means something like something special from quentin jackson right so q that's what's going to get reed rocking those types of plays don't make it bigger than it actually is make sure that you be you there on the floor yeah you mentioned that right off the bat in the show in our first segment it is big but in some ways, it's one of 18 yeah. in the SEC. Tonight, I'm kind of saying, make it bigger. Blow it out. Give them that show. Let's see Reed rock. 
and show that to the nation. But when you wake up tomorrow, then it has to become one of 18. Yeah. Great point. W- win or lose, it's got tomorrow it's got to be one of 18. Tonight I'm saying it doesn't. It's, it's, Blow it out. It's, it's <laughs> Alabama and focus for Missouri from right. football, correct? Yeah. Same situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's That that mm-hmm. to me is what it is. Because but... like you said, you're going to Arkansas next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way. And that's yet another test. Yeah. Again, not too high, not too low. But again, they're going to know how much the 12th man appreciates them. That's going to be the case tonight. And I know that they want to, as Boots was saying, put on a show for them because they deserve it. All right. Have fun out there tonight. Thank you, my friend. All right. For Andrew Monaco, I'm Will Johnson. That's all for us. 7 o'clock is the Dos Equis pregame show with Andrew and John. 7.30 tip time at Reed, A&M, and Kentucky. We'll discuss it on Friday on The Zone. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.